0: Welcome into the nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for the next hour or so as we wrap up a hump day here. This, week, this week's been really, really flying by. A lot of it, I'd like to say, at least it, for me personally, I had a very, very long weekend. I know a lot of people did. I was stuck here till about Sunday afternoon. If you are still stuck, if you are still dealing with a lot of problems, if you're not able to get back to work, hopefully you're tuning in to WGR just for a little bit of a distraction, just a few hours to kind of. Unwind, take your mind off of it. I totally understand. It's something I do, especially if if stuff gets heavy or anything like that, I'll turn on sports, random, you know, podcasts. I'm a big e, like not e-reader, but I listen to audiobooks. That's something I do as well. If that's something that you like to do, welcome. If you want to hear more about the storm coverage and also stuff that was going on in Buffalo politics today, our sister station, and you know, really right across the hall from me. WBEN, they've got you covered all night. I think they're doing another live show tonight as well for all that storm coverage and everything that's going on in the city of Buffalo. But if you want to talk sports, welcome. Let's hang out for another hour. And there was some pretty big news today. I, I would personally say there was some pretty big news today. As someone that does watch all of the NFL, for the Bills, not too much. We're still waiting for the Bills to start practicing as they get ready for their Monday night matchup against Cincinnati Bengals, which... It might be the biggest Monday night game ever. Potentially, we'll see. Just in terms of the two teams playing, their records overall, and really the ramifications of this game, it does feel like it could potentially be the biggest Monday night game of all time. That, of course, is Cincinnati versus Buffalo. Bills are still waiting to practice. I believe they start tomorrow, so hopefully we get to hear from guys like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, get an update on players like Mitch Morse, He's in Concussion Protocol. But speaking of that, some of the NFL news from around today. Speaking on concussions, Miami quarterback Tua Tagovailoa does, in fact, have a concussion. This potentially could be his third this year in just 16 weeks. That is incredibly alarming. I hope he doesn't play the rest of this year. Not as just he's the Miami Dolphins quarterback, just as a human interest story here. And that he, the fact that he is a human being. And I don't want him to end up like guys like Jim McMahon, where he can't go around places without having sunglasses on without getting migraines. And I don't want that for Tua at all. Tua seems to be a great human being. I want nothing but the best for him in his life. Just when he plays the Bills, don't play well. But with that being said, I think at this point, shut him down for the season. Play Teddy Bridgewater. Their season has started to collapse anyways. It's not like they're still alive. And it's, and it's it, it would be different if maybe they were the Eagles where you'd have, I think, more pushback from people. They were like the Eagles where it's like, well, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're a Super Bowl team here and all this stuff. I think there'd be a little more pushback, but I've, I've liked that. I've seen a lot of even national media people really talking about the Tua situation and and really offering up to me, to me personally is, is the right decision, which is he should not play this year. Now there is, there's been talks as well of, well, I, how long is the right amount of time for him to not play for me? Don't play the rest of the year, then we'll figure it out. Then he can get healthy. Now at this point, though, with the amount of concussions concussions he's had, it will be easier for him to get them again. So that is something to talk about. I've seen a few talk about potential retirement. I haven't seen it as a real serious conversation yet. But to say I'd be surprised would be disingenuous. I really could see that happening just because the amount of concussions he potentially has had in such a short amount of time. I think it could absolutely be the right decision, but so that's on Miami side of things. Lamar Jackson, again, a non participant for the Ravens at practice today. He's still dealing with that knee injury, but with the talks of maybe potentially he doesn't have that contract yet. Does he want to play without a contract? Even with the AFC North up for grabs, they've already clinched the playoffs. But maybe he's like, no, I'm not coming in back to like the wild card round. I'm not doing it. Maybe potentially, we'll see. And then the big news of today, and really where I want to drag this first topic through, and really get a feel for what you know you're feeling out there, what I'm feeling. Derek Carr gets benched by the Raiders. Jared Stidham is going to be the starting quarterback for the final two regular season games of the year. The Raiders apparently do still have a slight chance to make it to the playoffs. I thought if the Chargers won. On Thursday or on Monday night, that was done. Apparently, they do still have a chance. But so Jared Sims is going to play the final two regular season games. Carr did sign a three year, $121 million contract this past May. But they're able to get out of that deal this year as long as he doesn't get hurt. Because if he gets hurt and can't pass physical, I think $40 million of that becomes guaranteed. And then if they cut him, I think they can save a good bit of money. Just pulling up Derek Carr's contract right now on Spot the potential out is 2023 after that his base salary jumps up he's right now base salary at 17.4 million next year if he's the team starting quarterback his base salary is 32.9 in 2024 41.9 and then in 2025 it drops down to 41.2 before he becomes a free agent in 2026 at the age of 35 but their potential out is this offseason or what well, going into this offseason and they would only have about $5.6 million in dead cap if they cut him. I think they would pay him $25 million and then they would cut him and they would only take on about 5 million or 5.6 million in dead cap space. So they were able to get out of it. I, I think this at the time it was, it seemingly was a weird contract to sign anyways, but they did give themselves this out. I think as well getting Josh McDaniels, it was sort of like test us out, see what happens. If you don't like it, we're not going to, you know, it's not going to hemorrhage us. Like really, The Russell Wilson contract is hemorrhaging the Denver Broncos, where they just seem they're spinning in circles, going, "I don't know what to do." Like we've like someone's got to figure this out. The Raiders don't live in that world. Now, what I want to talk about tonight is where not only does Derek Carr wind up, but really, what teams at this point right now, two weeks left in the regular season, we kind of have a feel of who needs a quarterback, who is actually going to be looking at this draft class, at the free agent class, and maybe even a trade potential. Who is in need of a guy? Real quick, during our last break here coming into the show, I just threw up a bunch of teams. I gave a few asterisks, I gave you know a few of the maybes, but I just kind of threw a ton of teams in here, so real quick, to me, just and off the cuff, really, teams that need a quarterback. Houston, Denver. I gave them an asterisk because like well, they have Russell Wilson, but that's going poorly. Indianapolis, Las Vegas, Tennessee, the New York Jets, New England. I think Mac Jones is just not that good. I think they do need to to look elsewhere. Atlanta, the Rams potentially. They have Baker Mayfield right now. Matthew Stafford is injured. But for me, I think that that should be a team that is blown up and they start completely over. Because I do think you're going to have guys like Aaron Donald and even Sean McVay retire at the end of the season. I think the Rams are in for the, I'm going to put in quotations, the surprise rebuild. But I don't think a lot of people would be too surprised if all of that kind of happens. The Washington Commanders, the New York Giants, Tampa, New Orleans, and Carolina. So where does Derek Carr go? I think he is going to probably lead that, in a sense, the free agent class. Because I do think the Raiders are going to cut him. He has a no-trade clause, but it sounds like the Raiders are going to want to maybe trade him and kind of have it where you know he allows the trade to go through. Maybe they restructure that contract. We'll see. I think, though, they're going to end up cutting him. Because I also think a full-on rebuild is coming for the Raiders as well. They've got McDaniels. I think they trust him. He is sort of like that Raiders guy that I think they're going to want to make sure it works. So I imagine a full rebuild coming. They're probably not even going to keep Josh Jacobs. And Devontae Adams, yes, he signed a contract, but there are going to be some teams out there that are maybe going to be willing to make a move, one of which, I'm just going to throw it out there, the Chicago Bears just saying they can get one up on their division rival and Justin Fields is going to need that guy. They've got a ton of cap space. They can take on that contract. And if you're the Chicago bears, you've seen what getting that big time receiver or even just drafting a big time receiver has done for these young quarterbacks. Look at Trevor Lawrence this year with, you know, getting Christian Kirk, having Marvin Jones and even, you know, throwing Zay Jones there. It's helped him out a lot. Of course, as bills fans, we all know Josh Allen getting Stefan Diggs was I- immeasurable to how he took that next jump in his third year. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. Maybe the Bears do something like that. I think a full rebuild is coming for the Raiders. And I think this is really just the first move to kind of signify that that's coming. But it's interesting. Like A few of these teams you can already see like are probably going to be drafting one. Houston right off the top. I think they are absolutely drafting a quarterback. For me, it's Bryce Young. I don't love this quarterback class, though, if I'm being completely honest. I'll probably dive more into it once the college football playoff is over with and we really get a feel of like who's actually in the draft class. But to me, the two best quarterbacks in college football are are not eligible for the draft this year. They are literally too young, either as a redshirt freshman or a sophomore. That being Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, and Drake May out of UNC, Redshirt freshman, he's out of UNC, North Carolina. And Caleb Williams is out of USC, University of Southern California. I think those are the two best quarterbacks in college football right now. I think Sam Hartman probably is up there as well. It sounds like he's going to transfer, though. He's not going to go into the NFL draft. And even then, I don't necessarily think he's really an NFL quarterback. To me, Williams and May, they're going to be guys that next year, there's going to be tanking for Williams. I I want to say this is maybe the best comparison. I think Williams is going to be the clear-cut like number one guy for a lot of people. Obviously, he wins the Heisman Trophy as a sophomore. He's going to have a really loaded USC team next year. It's going to be a lot like the McDavid-Eichel draft, where it's even if you don't come in last, you're not really that upset if you come in second. You'll still probably get Drake May, and you'll be really, really stoked for that, especially for someone like me. I like Williams a lot, but to me, Drake May has a lot of what you look for in a modern-day quarterback. Now, a lot of Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen to him, where he's 6'4", 6'5", 230, rocket of an arm, can really move. Where Williams, can of an arm, a little bit smaller, about 6'1", 215 but he can move a little bit faster than Drake May. So this year, I think Houston's probably going to take a quarterback, that being Bryce Young. For me, I think C.J. Stroud is also in there. I guess Will Levis out of Kentucky is still probably going to be a first-round pick. I just don't imagine Houston takes him at number 1 overall. Denver, of course, as we talked about, they're not going to. They don't even have their pick to do so. Seattle does. I don't have Seattle on this list, though. I do think Seattle's going to try to lock down Geno Smith. Now, if they don't, Seattle immediately enters this list, but then the free-aging class gets a little more juicy. Geno Smith had a breakout year at twenty nine years old. Derek Carr is already 31 and is kind of that guy that's always sort of been, you think maybe he's enough, but then he 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 always kind of pulls back just that little bit to where you're like, nah, he he's just he's not. He's not. And 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 like that's kind of been Derek Carr's whole career. He's had a few good years, never really a great one. But last year, with Rick Pisacci as the interim head coach, he was able to, with him as his head coach, he was kind of able to will the Raiders to the playoffs. They almost beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and, it was, and you know they they were kind of like a really, I don't even want to say heartwarming story because there was a lot around that team. It was just not good. It was it, you were happy to see that happen for Derek Carr, right? like that's how I would put it. You were happy to see that for Carr gets to the playoffs, doesn't win, but the Raiders were back, and that was kind of cool. And then this year happened, and it's just they bench him. It never looked right. I will give Carr this; he's literally never had a good defense. People do somewhat confuse or at least misinterpret the fact that he had Khalil Mack early in his career, so he must have had a good defense. No. Khalil Mack was maybe the best defensive player for you know, a three-year run on a really bad defense. He himself would have 15.5 sacks, and their total defense would be like 28th in the league. They were not good in the slightest when Mack was there, and that's why when they traded Mack, it wasn't anything that they were sitting there going, well, it's not going to make us that drastically worse. We're already not that good there. At least we're going to allocate these picks maybe to making a better overall defense. It didn't happen. But so this is where, for me, with Carr, I do think the Jets make a lot of sense. I really do. I know a lot of people are going to say Indy, and I tweeted out before we started the show, it just, you know, where do you think Derek Carr could end up? And Bill tweeted in Indianapolis. I and I and And I fully understand the Indianapolis point. To me, they've got to draft somebody, right? Like we cannot do this again, where it's just let's grab a free agent quarterback, let's trade for this guy that maybe is washed, and we'll bring him in, and and we're going to be the reason we br- we br- you know, we put it together. Because for like three or four years, the, the Colts have kind of had the argument that they're the most talented team without a quarterback. You know, Jonathan Taylor, they're getting better at wide receiver with guys like Michael Pittman. Their offensive line was awesome. Quinn Quinn and Nelson is maybe the best guard in football, and then a really really. Aggressive and stingy defense led by Darius Leonard at linebacker. But I don't think they're that anymore. I mean, four wins just kind of tells the story. They bring in Jeff Saturday in just what has become just a laughing stock of an organization. I think they have to draft somebody. I really do. You're going to be high enough to where you maybe can get a guy like CJ Stroud or Will Levis. You can maybe kind of pull that. And I think Hendon Hooker as well out of Tennessee. He's, he has a torn ACL. He's going to be recovering from that. So he's not really going to be able to participate in a, in much of the draft process. But that could be a really, really good landing spot for really any of those guys. Because I don't think the Colts are not talented. I just think they're not as talented as they were a few years ago when they were that team that, you know, they're the best team without a quarterback. They're not that anymore. To me, I think Car though, just does not fit what Indianapolis wants to do anymore, or at least what they should do. To me, they should hit a full reset on that, draft somebody, build up a rookie. Cause, and also, you're chasing Jacksonville now. I said it last night, Jacksonville to me has now become the most exciting team in the AFC South and a team that feels like it's going to just grab that conference and absolutely run away with it. And that's where I don't actually think India is that good of a landing spot if you are a free agent quarterback. Because you will be dealing with one of the best quarterbacks in football, I believe, starting next year in Trevor Lawrence, and Doug Peterson, who is already one of the best coaches in the NFL. You are already starting behind the eight ball, and I just don't think either. If we're if we're going off of the fact that Seattle maybe you know doesn't sign Geno Smith back, if you're Geno Smith or Derek Carr, yes, there's that sort of arrogance to every quarterback of I'm actually better than this guy. I actually can be the guy. I get it. I I know. But there's probably that thing in the back of their head going, no, you're not. You're not you're not that guy. You want to be that guy. And I'm understanding of that. But you're simply put not that guy. Now with the Jets, it's kind of the same situation, right? You got Josh Allen in there, Stefan Diggs, the Bills, in my opinion, are likely to add a rookie wide receiver this year in the high ends of the draft, so they're going to be even more dangerous on offense. And you know, Sean McDermott routinely puts on a really, really good defense. The difference with me though is how the teams are going to sell their pitch. For Indy, it does feel like a kind of a reset. They're going to have to. Jeff Saturday has not really been given the job. He's just finishing out the season. And then it's like a full, open, you know, where is everybody? Like, we're, we're taking on everybody. We want everyone to interview, all that stuff. For the Jets, they feel like a team that is ready to compete now. And that defense which has dealt with some injuries and is still very young. That defense has been able to will them to nearly in the playoffs. Even with all of the Zach Wilson hoopla and how bad he's been, and even Mike White getting hurt, they've still been able to keep them competitive in almost every game they've been in. And you're going to get a guy like Brees Hall back after he tore his ACL earlier in the year against the Denver Broncos. You're going to get him back eventually. Garrett Wilson is going to take another step forward in being what I believe is maybe not Justin Jefferson, but certainly a problem in the NFL. Sauce Gardner is going to be a year older. and Williams is going to be another year forward in his career, and he already looks like one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. Elijah Moore, a, a, a little bit further, a little bit better. And even their offensive line as well. I think they're going to probably spend a first-round pick on their offensive line. So they're probably going to have another high-end talent there. Their pitch is going to be, we are just that one guy away from really competing in the AFC. Do I think they're right? No. To me, if I'm the Jets, there's one guy I'm looking at. And I'm paying attention to a team in Maryland's situation heavily. And that's Baltimore. Talked about it a little bit when we opened up the show and a little bit of an update. Lamar Jackson's dealing with injury, yes, but he is still not participating in practice. He is still not signed long-term to the Ravens. If I'm the Jets, there is one guy I'm paying attention to, and it is Lamar Jackson. I'm not drafting another guy, especially because this year is just not that good a talent. I think you're going to waste your time if you're the Jets grabbing a dude like Will Levis, who he could pop, I get it, and I could be wrong here. And I'm, and I'm more than okay being wrong if, if Will Levis turns out to be a stud. To me, no. I don't really think any of the guys in this class are going to be that game-changing of a guy. I think the guys are next year and the Jets you've 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 missed you've missed the ferry. You're too good now. You got you got to push forward. But you're in the era of football where these great quarterbacks aren't necessarily signing with the team that drafted them. They're not simply just sitting down and going, "Well, I'll just sign whatever contract you put in front of me." And Lamar has really shown that he is that guy. And it's something I really respect from Lamar, that he's not just going to sign, or at least for right now, that he's not just going to sign with Baltimore because it's the team that's drafted him, and he's won an MVP with them, and he's won a playoff game with him. Because to me, Baltimore's not really put the best team forward for Lamar. Greg Roman is still the offensive coordinator. They are continuously being the Indianapolis Colts of wide receivers where they just grab any aged guy that like, maybe was good or could potentially still be good and just throwing it at a wall and hoping it sticks. If he winds up in New York, he'll have a great defense behind him and a plethora of offensive weapons in front of him. He won't have Mark Andrews, that's fair, but he'll have Garrett Wilson, he'll have Elijah Moore, he'll have Corey Davis, he'll have Brees Hall and Michael Carter behind him and then his own God-given abilities. If I'm the Jets, I think they could be in on Derek Carr. And I think they may be the main team in on Derek Carr. But if I'm them, I'm not dealing with it. I'm not doing it. I am paying attention like a hawk on Lamar Jackson's situation. And they probably know more about said situation than anybody else in the world. Because they're one of the 32 franchises. And they all have you know tabs on each other. They all know what's going on. So they know more than me. I- I'm absolutely on this situation. If somebody that works with the Jets is listening to this and they know, they could be like, dude, Lamar signing like in two weeks. Like, no, we're not, it, it is Derek Carr, or it's a drafting somebody, or they're going to roll with Mike White. But right here on this Wednesday night, if I'm the Jets, it's Lamar Jackson. That's who I'm trying to get because that is the only guy that could potentially compete with the crazy person in Western New York. That is the only guy. I've talked about it. I I went to the Baltimore game. It was my first Bills road trip with my dad, my uncle, my brother, and my cousin. And my biggest takeaway from that game, it was an ugly game in the sense of the weather. It was raining. It was windy. It was gross. And Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were absolute X factors for both teams. They were the only reason either was still competitive in set game. You take any one of those quarterbacks out and throw an average starter, throw in a Derek Carr on the other roster, The other team is getting whooped on. It's not close. Those two are absolute X factors. And this is somebody as, I I guess, a Lamar apologist. I want to see what Lamar can be with a team who has actually put together an offense that will work for said quarterbacks. To me, this is why I've been so, I, I guess, dismissive of Zach Wilson ever even playing again for the Jets. The last, probably, I would say, probably month on Twitter I've been really dismissive of it, is because the Jets, to me, this whole offseason put together a team that they were going to know if Wilson was the guy or not. And they have now benched him, and he's probably going to be inactive for the next you know two games. He's going to be Mike White's show. To me, they signify when they did that, and really what they were doing all offseason that they knew we're going to find out real quick if he's the guy or not. And I think they know Wilson's not the guy. But if I'm the Jets, I think it's Lamar Jackson. Now he may not be available to be traded, at least right now. That may not be a thing, but the off season, the last two off seasons have really shown fans that on a on a dime, the whole thing could change. Tyree Kill was not available for trade until he was, and then he was traded in the same day. Now the quarterback it'll be a little more aggressive. But I would not be surprised if this offseason, if a deal can't get done, the Ravens try to save themselves before it gets ugly and it gets just unsalvageable. And he's just, you play him on the franchise tag and he leaves for nothing. And the Jets, I think, should be willing to play ball because to me, they've loaded up that team enough with young talent that if they get somebody like Lamar Jackson, Miami, take a back seat, New England, get out of here. It's us in Buffalo. And if I'm Buffalo, that's where. For me, and, I, and I've been banging this drum now pretty much since I have I've, I've got hired here, the Bills need to keep adding talent at wide receiver. There's somebody I wanted to watch play tonight when North Carolina and Oregon play later tonight in their bowl game, but he's not playing because he, he's already declared for the draft, and that's North Carolina wide receiver Josh Downs. I wanted to watch him play because I think he's somebody the Bills can get later in the draft. or Excuse me, later in the first round. But if the Jets make a move like that, I'm going to feel the same way I did when Miami made that move for Tyreek Hill. Just, you know, double it, triple it. The Bills need to keep pace. They need to also keep making haymaker-level moves. But to me, the Derek Carr, this is a different team I want to talk about. We'll do that when we come back from this timeout. This is the Nightcap, and this is WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for the next half hour or so. In our last segment, we talked a little bit about, you know, what teams need quarterbacks going into this offseason. We already kind of know somewhat where everyone's going to be drafting, which teams need quarterbacks and who don't. So we kind of ran through it a little bit, and it really was the news of Derek Carr being benched and really probably him being the main the main character of free agency, I guess. He's not going to be a free agent this year. He did sign a massive deal with the Vegas Raiders, but it's looking like they're going to cut him. I don't think they're going to be able to trade him, or at least to make that work. If they do, I'd be stunned. But I still think the same teams would probably apply to this exercise in terms of who could trade for him rather than just try to sign him. Talked a little bit about the Jets and the Colts in this last segment. For the me, the Colts, i they're drafting somebody. They have gone to this... Grabbed the old, grizzled veteran well too my, too many times, and it is yet to work. It is 100% yet to work. They have not won a single playoff game from it. They've only made the playoffs, I think, twice in that little run, and it's just been a disaster. And then I talked about the Jets, and for me, the Jets, they shouldn't go for Derek Carr. He doesn't do enough to really drag what I think is a very, very good roster to that next level. I think what they should be doing is paying attention to that team in Maryland, in Baltimore, the Ravens, and see what's going on with Lamar Jackson. If he is not willing to sign with Baltimore, if they're not willing to really sign him long-term, if I'm the Jets, I am absolutely getting on the phone, and I'm offering up a King's ransom to get him to New Jersey. I do think, though, there is that one team that I really like the idea of them going for Derek Carr. To me, it's the Washington Commanders. I think the Washington Commanders, two things. I think they're in desperate need of a guy that you could really consider a leader at the quarterback position. The the team loves Terry McLaurin. They're going back, though, to Carson Wentz. And really, you know, Taylor Heineke really hadn't done much at at, at the quarterback position, so I, I get why they benched him for Carson Wentz. Terry McLaurin really likes Heineke, but I think he needs somebody different. Devontae Adams put up good stats this year. I think McLaurin could put up good stats with Carr. Now, the reason why I think Washington is kind of perfect for that when I talked about the AFC, it was really the sense of there's too many good guys. You can't just grab a whatever veteran and hope that works. At best, you'll be a 9, maybe 10 win team, and you'll get nowhere. Your fans will get incredibly frustrated earlier than usual because everyone kind of knows it's how the league works now. is You need that studded quarterback, and without him, you're just spinning in circles. But then there's a team in Minnesota. The Vikings are seemingly living and thriving with a very average quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Yes, they have Justin Jefferson. I think he's amazing. But they are thriving. They're going to likely be the two seed, if not maybe even the one, depending on how the Eagles finish out the season with Gardner-Manchua quarterbacks. I don't know if Hurts is going to play again this regular season. With Washington, you're going to be in the Eagles division. Obviously, it's the NFC East. But Dallas... Perennial disappointments. And the Giants, where do they go with Daniel Jones? Is that who they go with? And if that is, they have a huge ceiling that is just going to be a brick wall. It's not a glass ceiling by any stretch of the imagination. Is Daniel Jones is going to hold that team back 100%? And so for me, with Washington, who have been a pretty competitive team with really suboptimal quarterback play, Derek Carr, to me, fits that team like a glove. There really isn't that superstar quarterback in the NFC. I think Hurts and Fields are the closest, but we're still getting there. I think I think Hurts has now entered that stratosphere, but Fields, were getting close. So really only one, and even with guys like with Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, Washington is still potentially in a playoff race here, and they could still make it as a seven seed. If you had Derek Carr to that team with a much better defense than he's really ever had in his times with Vegas and Oakland, That could be a huge flip to him to be able to handle everything that's going on because he's been a very, very good leader for the Raiders. And I think Washington is in need of that, everything going on with Dan Snyder, and they are in need of that. And I think Ron Rivera would also be served really well to have somebody else to kind of take a brunt of kind of the the media pressure that comes with that position of, of being essentially Dan Snyder's coach. And he may not even be the owner that much longer. I mean, that's a whole other discussion, but he may, he named, he might not be the owner going into next year, but again, a whole other discussion. I think another team though, that could be interesting is Tampa. Tampa, I think also lives in this, I don't want to say fantasy world, but this idea that they're still right there. Tom Brady, I think, is out. I think he's done in Tampa. I also think he's going to retire. I think there's some reports that he definitely is and others that are you know, less sure. But to me, it doesn't really matter. It, the age has kind of hit him. He doesn't look right out there. He's now not even really even like a main argument for people when they're talking about top quarterbacks. He's never brought up anymore. And, and I, to me personally, rightfully so. But Tampa can fool themselves into thinking, if we grab him, we're still alive in the NFC. We are still alive here. Because to me personally, Derek Carr, he's just not that good. He's fine. He has his moments. But he is good enough, and he's a good enough guy. He's a good enough leader to convince teams that, no, no, no. Give me that chance. I will light the world up. And I think Tampa and I think Washington could be two of those teams that really throw their hat into that ring. We're going to take an early time out here when we come back. Alex Tuck was with the morning show today. Sabres forward. will play him back. He was with Howard and Jeremy earlier today. We'll play that back when we come back here on the nightcap on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?